And welcome to Faith FM. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on the Faith FM network. You are joined by Lawson and... Mon! Monica! Great to see you. It's good to see you too, Lawson. How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm killing it. I'm killing it. I had a fantastic day yesterday. Had a, a you know, great Anzac Day. I'm going to be talking a little bit more about Anzac Day uh, a bit later. But yeah... You know, I went to Anzac Day, went to the dawn service uh, mm-hmm. with my parents and my, my sister, and um, which is which is pretty classic for us. Um, and other than that, dude, I've just been I've just been killing it. All these public holidays, like two weeks in a row. There's <laughs> been so many of them. I'm not getting any work done. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I just want to work more. Come on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I but I've I've missed the listeners. I've missed being here at Faith Event because last week we had like a public holiday. It was Easter weekend, yeah. Friday and Monday, mm-hmm. and then we skipped Monday as well. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I'm just hanging. To be here. And now we are finally here. And um, I drove in this morning. And you know what I'm grateful for? What? I drove in this morning. I saw a car that is not Lyle's car. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, who is this? And then I saw it was you. <laughs> and uh, I was so uninformed <laughs> that uh, Lyle is going to be away for um, for the next week and a half or so. so. Yeah, Lyle is teaching up at Arise Bible mm-hmm. College. So he's going to be... Delivering some good lessons to uh-huh. some eager students. Yes, that's right. Could be there. Yeah. Oh, because it'll be fantastic. Oh, but you know what? Idea. I'm with Lyle every day, so it's good I've to have a classroom breath of fresh air. It's been great. <laughs> you just say a breath of fresh air and not have Lyle. <laughs> oh, maybe, awesome. maybe. I'm going to tell on you. <laughs> the weather today. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And right now we're going to have our first clue for our pentathlon quiz. Woohoo! For 100 points, if you can call up and tell me what kind of bird brought an olive branch back to Noah on the ark. Okay. Mm. So there was, there was a bird. It was a bird. And tweet, I br- tweet. Brought an olive. Oh, 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 oh that's, that's referencing Easter some news we're, we're, we're going to get into in a bit. Okay, so if you can tell them, what's the number to call? 0491 Okay, if you call or text that number, you have the correct answer. You can get your 100 points or you can win a Faith FM bumper sticker and bookmark. Uh, and, and fridge and magnet. fridge magnet, yeah. apparently. DJ we're just, we are balling out with magnet. the merch right now. You want Faith FM merch? Look at the rain merch on you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but what is happening in the world of positively different news? Uh, when do, we, do you guys still talk about like what you're grateful for on this show? It's yeah, we did. I said I was grateful for you. Uh, Oh, that's right. <laughs> warm, fuzzy right. feeling. I'm grateful that your dog likes me more than that's he likes right. you. You got too many things. When's my turn to be grateful? <laughs> what are you grateful for? What are you grateful for? <laughs> I'm really grateful for DJ Shell helping me out yesterday. So oh, I've been working awesome. on a, working on this um pretty big project at mm-hmm. work. Lots of crafty stuff, and um, oh. sometimes when I work on something, like I get to a point where like it's about to be made permanent, and I freak out and I like freeze. And so then I need someone to come and help me push, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. push me off the edge. And so DJ Shell turned up and we wallpapered the back wall of the Raymond Terrace missions op shop. Wow. And it looks amazing. Does it? Looks good. Yeah. What's, what's the pat- like pattern? Like what's the deal? What we did was we got a bunch of old like 1950s children's illustrated books and ripped the pages out and stuck them on the wall. 
Yeah. That is... And well, it looks so good. We actually use, for those of you who know are in the know, we use the um, Uncle Arthur's My, oh, okay. my Bible uh, Friends. That is amazing. Deep nostalgia. Be- so. Because, like, I was going to say, like, 1950s illustration can either fall into, like, <laughs> yeah. very kind of beauti- mm-hmm. beautiful, you know, Americana, mm-hmm. like, that kind of thing, or the other side is kind of freaky. Yeah. But... No, it's the good stuff. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm not it, about to use the bats. Yeah, well, the bat And by freaky, I mean it's, like, this kind of uncanny valley of, like, it's it good intent. <laughs> Like, but then it's just like yeah. Look, there were strange. there were a couple of pictures we couldn't use. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of pages we're like, I'm gonna skip that one. Um, so, but yeah, but it looks really great. And uh, our listeners are more than welcome to drop by the yes. uh, uh, Raymond Terrace Missions RTM Op Shop there um, on William Street, forty five mm. William Street, Raymond Terrace. Um, and it's looking really good in there right now. Ah, that's awesome. Yeah, so I'm praising the Lord for DJ Shell because she came and she worked until late in the evening, but we got it done. Oh, so, let's go. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to share some good news from around the world. This one's mm-hmm. coming all the way from France. This is uh, from a town called Rambouillet. It's about 35 miles outside of Paris. Mm-hmm. This is so cool, dude. They are lighting their streets, not with the, like your average street lights, but with bacteria luminescence that yes. needs no electricity. Like, how cool is that? <laughs> wait, like, wait, 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 wait. Okay, okay, okay. So, bacterial luminescence, it's like the stuff where you're, like, at the beach or the lake and you throw a rock in and then it's, like, super light, rock. right? Well, that's one avenue of bioluminescence. There's, like, mm. a lot of um, a lot of stuff happening in nature. So, there's, like, animals and plants and fungi. Um, you can find it in the woodlands, bottom of the sea. Mm. Um, in lots of different places, you can find bioluminescence. And they're finding more and more because it is sort of like an emerging um, science that they're discovering with bioluminescence. And it's so cool. I lo- one of my favorite documentaries topics is bioluminescence. There's a couple of them out there mm-hmm. and it's just incredible. Um, but they've discovered um, a fungi that grows like in their just like in their little woods behind mm-hmm. the behind the village and they're like, do you know what? Let's utilize this. So they get like small tubes and they contain like billions of, of these uh, things. It's actually it's a fungi but it has marine origins. So it's okay. a marine bacterium and it's collected uh, I hate pronouncing hard scientific words, but Ali Vibrario Fischeri. There you go. There you go. And it glows a beautiful, gentle blue. I'm going to show mm. you a picture of it. Look at this. Look at this. Like, like, you can see it there in the test tubes. Oh, that's actually that's inc- that is like it's nice, is, right? It's like a it's like a glowing baby blue. It's yeah. gorgeous. And then that's how it looks that's on the street. That's almost sci-fi. That's incredible. Yeah, but that's what a lot of people are saying because like they have like it's like a panel and they have uh-huh. it in the walls along the sides of the footpaths in this in this French village, and it just glows a beautiful blue. It's from a, a startup company called Glowy, mm-hmm. which is such a cool name for them. Yeah. But yeah, but it's um it's actually pretty cheap to do and it uses like no electricity whatsoever. And the interesting thing as well about bioluminescence, and I found this out about bioluminescence and about like fireflies as well, they're some of the most efficient light sources in the world. Oh really? And you know how we know that is because they don't produce any heat from creating light. Oh. Because if, if, like, for those who know thermodynamics and, and whatnot, like, if, if anything gives off heat, mm-hmm. that's wasted energy. Okay. So your engine, car engine getting hot is wasted energy. Okay. Um, but, yeah, they don't. these don't give off heat at all. They use 100% of their energy and power to, to produce light. light. That yeah. is so cool. Does that mean that they're cold to the touch or just the, the light is the, the, heat oh, is just, the light? They're just tem- – there is no, like, heat – that is like no byproduct of heat, especially with fireflies. Like a hundred percent of their energy, well, not a hundred percent. They also, uh, I'm sure, parts of their energy go to running their body. I love fireflies, but like, uh, uh the light that is created has mm-hmm. like unlike every other light source in the world, which creates usually has heat. It gets hot. 
um, fireflies especially, they don't, there's no temperature change. That's so cool. Because they're 100% efficient. That's so cool. Do you know the first time I ever saw a firefly I almost had a car accident? That's how, that's how astounded I was. <laughs> I was, dri- I was driving down a yes. street in, uh, in Michigan in America and it was like, it was evening and mm. the, as the, the sun sets, that's when they start to twinkle. Wow. And I don't know if you've ever seen them, but they look like little flecks of gold, like something just like a burst of brilliant shining gold. Yeah. And then they just start to like twinkle everywhere, like in someone's front yard and it ends up looking like a Disney movie or something. That's insane. But I was driving along and suddenly this like spark of gold was in this like person's front yard and I literally like almost ran off the road going, did I just see a gold nugget? <laughs> the Aussie, the Aussie gold rush in me yeah. came out. <laughs> and then it happened again and again. I was like, hang on, are those fireflies? And I was, yeah, it was amazing. Powerful. And then, and then, I, then I became like a little kid and went outside with a jar and I started to try to catch them. Uh-huh. Anyway, another piece of good news. This is a little bit closer to home, not quite mm. all the way in France. This is happening uh, in Brisbane. Okay. They actually had a koala quali- uh, colony in Brisbane that was on the brink of collapse mm. um, because they were all um, infected with chlamydia. This is this is like one of the, the most viral and, uh, you know, harmful diseases that is kind of, and prolific diseases that goes around in koalas is yeah. chlamydia. We, and I had no idea that they uh-huh. could even catch that kind of a thing. Mm. But um, the population apparently was crashing and, uh, and this was, it was like, it was like an immediate uh, risk of local extinction. So mm. really bad news. Wow. Um, but the good news is, I wasn't about to share bad news. They've not <laughs> only recovered thanks to the work of researchers, but they've now more than doubled wow. the numbers. So how is it that they overcame chlamydia? Did they start practicing abstinence or <laughs> did they? <laughs> like, well, how did, how did they, uh, how did they beat the disease? Lawson. <laughs> Uh, so they had a, a team of uh, researchers, including a couple of ecologists and a wildlife vet, uh-huh. um, and they developed a new management plan. They're actually going to ho- they're hoping to roll this out with at least a couple, like a dozen, a couple of um, colonies to, mm-hmm. to you know, to sort of maybe eradicate chlamydia in um, in koalas. But basically, they took them in and um, and gave them an injection, so in their neck. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So um, and then assessed them. And then kept an eye on them. And then, yeah. So, unfortunately, about six of them were euthanized because they were beyond the mm-hmm. point of help, which is really sad. Um, but most of them were taken to hospital and they, and they stay in hospital about five, um, two months. Mm-hmm. And then they get released back out. So, they get exhausted um, from the, from the chlamydia experience, which is why they have to do like a bit of a rehab. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. So, they take them in. They juice them up. They let them recover. Mm-hmm. And then they release them back out in the wild and they monitor them all the way, all the way through. Um, and then, yeah, and then this has been so successful, they've just, just increased just dramatically. So, mm. which is, which is really good news because, you know, I, I don't know, I keep seeing that these posters about like all our koalas are going extinct. And I'm mm. like, I didn't know that they were in such dire situations. Mm. But yeah, but this is great news in uh, coming out of Brisbane. And one quick last news piece. This is so exciting. I did this last time I was on the radio, which was a few weeks ago with Lyle. I did a story about. Uh, someone who found treasure. They found the coin of the sheriff of Nottingham. I don't oh, know if, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, okay. Cool. Uh, but this time, a teen has found a safe containing thousands of dollars uh, in the bottom of a river. Um, so he. Oh, my safe! <laughs> like a like a like a safe, like like you know, like, yeah, my like, safe. No, not your safe. But that. 
I was looking for it. Like, yeah, oh, right. Yeah. yeah, right. I'm sorry, <laughs> Lawson. Oh, this but person actually, found my, found my yeah, thousands yeah, of whatever. dollars. They actually managed to track down the owner who'd been robbed 22 years ago. I'm not sure that you were even alive 22 years ago, Lawson. <laughs> I was alive 23 years ago. Thank you very much. <laughs> so you lost your safe when you were one that had yeah, thousands that's of right. dollars? That's right. I'd been investing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But yeah, I'm sure you people are sitting on the internet, they have these um, treasure hunters who comb river bottoms with a heavy magnet that they pull along the river mm. bottom and then they drag it up and this kid pulled up a safe with thousands of dollars and managed to find identification in it. That's awesome. Yeah, guy got robbed 22 years ago and he returned it. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. It is time for our second clue for the quiz. 200 points. What religious group did Jesus twice call a brood or generation of vipers? Wow. A brood of vipers or a generation of vipers? That's tough. Yeah, what what religious group did Jesus refer to by those terms? Yeah, if you know the answer to that, 0491 is the number to call. For 200 points, you can net yourself, I believe, I don't have the the uh, thing in front of me, but I believe it is. Oh, she, she she's scrolling up. It's Monica. a back issue of Science Magazine. That's Woo! right. An yeah. issue of Science Magazine. So give us a call. Uh-huh. 0491-064-669 with the correct answer. Okay. I've got a few stories here, but then also I want to talk about Anzac Day and I don't know how long that's going to take. So I might just breeze through these ones. This is one that we've been uh, covering for uh, a little bit. Uh, essentially, Elon Musk has officially taken over Twitter. Did he, like, buy 100% of it? Is that why he... Well, he has struck a $44 billion deal to become... Wow. ...to become, you know, the the biggest uh, biggest stock owner. Well, at 9%, he was already holding a majority of the stocks. Yeah. But now he is, like, ser- he's holding more than a 51% share. Yeah, wow. So he, um, he's So he's much money for something that's not even tangible. That so, blows my mind. So the interesting thing... So Elon Musk is an avid Twitter user mm, and, um, you know, he really likes the platform and, and Twitter has been the, the sparker of many news stories, headlines, controversies. It's been the place where many people have said a lot of things, uh, but this is what Elon Musk said about Twitter as a response to his uh, ac- acquisition. He said, I also want to make Twitter a better than ever by enhancing the product with new features, making the algorithms open source. Da, 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 da. Oh wait, no, no, no. I don't want to read that part. I want to read this part. This, that's just him saying that he's going to make it better, which, fair enough. Um, this section, free speech is the bedrock of functioning democracy, and Twitter is the digital town square where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated. I, I can, I can, I can be on board. At the same time, I personally just think Twitter is full of dumb people saying dumb things. It's, yeah, it's like it's like every fool now has a foghorn. That's right, literally. Twitter. But at the same time, like a fool with a foghorn can get his message. You know, if his message is compelling enough, it can reach those who have power. So I, I definitely see what he's saying. Um, I definitely see, like I really believe Twitter was probably one of the catalysts to winning the 2016 and 2020 election. Like in the last two elections, social media, but particularly things said on Twitter, um, have have led to election wins in the United States um, or election losses. So I I think that this is valid. This is what he's saying. And I think that if he can transform the platform and he can move it even further in that direction, then fair enough. But at the same time, people just say a lot of dumb things on Twitter. I love he's like, this is the digital market, digital town square of freedom and democracy and free speech. But then Twitter bans 
a lot of people for saying things that they don't necessarily agree yeah. with. So like, why? Because like, I I heard this morning as I was coming in that they stopped trading on on Twitter because of some sort of freedom of speech issue. Yeah, is that because of that? Well, I think ultimately it's just because. Well, now they're gonna if if Donald Trump is trying to make Twitter the bastion of free speech, it is kind of going against the direction that Twitter has been going already. Um, I guess they have been poised and put in that position, but often as a response to free speech. Um, he has, uh, well, Twitter has, uh, yeah, just banned lots of people. When you say Donald Trump, do you mean Elon Musk? Sorry, that's what I meant. <laughs> I, mean I was Elon like, Musk. Trump, Trump? <laughs> Elon Musk. Well, I think Twitter has gained the most amount of attention as, as being the platform in which Donald Trump has been the most yeah. prolific yeah. user. Yeah, so, I, I know why you went there. <laughs> that's right. Um, but ultimately, yeah, interesting times. Um, okay, I wanted to talk, oh, just before, I wanted to talk about Anzac Day, just before I did. Um, my dad was literally crying yesterday. Um, he was crying at Anzac Day, but he was also crying because the New- Newcastle Knights got beat 39-2. And it's just like, this is, this you know, this is the section for not good news. That is not good news. As a Novocastrian, <laughs> as a someone from, as someone from Newcastle through and through, to get beat 39-2 by the Eels, by Parramatta... Yikes. Anyways, in other news. Okay, let's talk about Anzac Day. So, uh, I went to the Dawn service yesterday. I go to the Dawn service every year. And that is actually because of my dad as well. Um, my dad goes to the Dawn service and Anzac Day every year because of my grandfather or his dad. Um, and because of my grandfather's dad as well. So, my grandfather's dad, my great-grandfather, um, fought in World War One. Um, he was an enlisted man. He went overseas. He didn't go to Gallipoli, um, but he traveled to a number of places on the fronts and he survived and he gave, you know, had, uh, you know, my, my grandfather. Now my grandfather was born in 1922. Um, and by the age of six, his father, I don't know exactly what happened, uh, but essentially my, my grandfather, my great grandfather, all, all of a sudden was out of the picture. And my grandfather, uh, was an orphan in a Catholic orphanage from the age of six to the age of 18 until the age of 19 in which he was enlisted into the army. Um, and at that time they even called, they called him Mick. That was his nickname. That's actually my dad's nickname. Uh, but that's because my dad's name is Michael. They called my grandfather Mick because he was raised in a, he was, like Catholic. Um, he was raised in a Catholic orphanage. Um, he was, you know, and that was the, the name that they gave uh, Irish Catholics. They gave him the name Mick. And so the Catholic orphanage in which he was raised in was very connected to Irish people. And so they gave him the nickname of Mick as well. He went over to PNG and Borneo. He fought over there. He fought in the battle of Tarakan, uh, which is one of the key, key stone, like hallmark battles in Australian World War II history in which he was shot and shrapneled. Uh, He also caught malaria and scrub titus. He survived all of that and came back to Australia with not a single hair on his body, Uh, but like incredibly (laughs) sick, Um, healed from his sickness, married uh, my grandmother, my my dad's mother, and had 10 kids. Oh, wow. And um, lived until 2008, where he died at 83. Oh, wow. Um, And, you know, it's so interesting. Like, he's a fantastic guy, and he is my dad's hero. Like my dad's hero is my, my grandfather or his mm-hmm. dad, um, because he like never swore 
was like super respectful. He wasn't like a, he wasn't like a soft person either. Like he grew up in Toronto, uh, which for those who were in the Lake Macquarie, Newcastle area, like it's kind of uh, not so much Toronto, rough anymore, but Toronto, New South Wales. He, yeah. He's a Toronto boy. Um, you know, he was like incredibly hard, disciplined, you know, raised 10 kids, um, went through all kinds of things. Uh, but yeah, he is truly my dad's hero and just reflecting on the sacrifice that he gave. Um, it was powerful yesterday. Yeah. It was really powerful. We went to, uh, Spears Point Park, um, to the Anzac service there and it was great. It was probably the most involved Anzac service I've ever seen. They've got kids from the local school coming up and reading poems and reading prayers and, mm-hmm. um, reading stories like from each level, primary school, high school, um, people from all the, just local businesses. Like they've got the owner of the local IGA coming out and sharing something because it's, you know, for Spears Point, that's like the only supermarket there until you get into Warner's Bay where they have mm-hmm. like, like just, it was really, really involved. Wow. Um, the one gripe I had, the one gripe I had with this Anzac service is that they had a, a young group of ladies, uh, high schoolers uh, from a local high school here who were leading out in the choir. There was about six of them. And it was very clear to me. I was like, wow, look what secularism has done. Um, because these women clearly had not grown up singing in church. That was just my thing. I was like, there is a lack of congregational singing and awareness here. <laughs> now, that was my thought up until, like, and, and that was the thought that I con- consistently had up until, and this I've never seen this before at Anzac Day, they invited a group of New Zealanders from the Newcastle Maori Club to come up and to sing the national anthem of New Zealand and share a little bit. And it was powerful. Do you, oh, you know, like, so in Australia, we have Advanced Australia Fair. Hmm. In America, they have the Star Spangled Banner. That's like the national anthems. Do you know what New Zealand's national anthem is? No. God Defend New Zealand. That's literally the title. It's powerful. God Defend New Zealand. And this Islander family comes up like this big family. The brother grabs the guitar. The the patriarch of the family goes up to the mic. He says, he's like, um, we're blessed to be able to have a history with Australia and to be acknowledged as, um, you know, part. And I was like, these are church people. Like, as soon as you said that, I was like, these are church people. And they start singing God Defend New Zealand. They've got eyes closed, belting this song. I'm like, amen. Um, and then all of a sudden their faces just go mean, like just go intense. I'm like, what is, is happening? And they break into the haka. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, this is <laughs> this is intense. Um, and the, the the interesting thing about it, the boys come to the front and they're doing the movements and they're chanting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the women at the back are chanting along as well. And they've got these, like, stank faces on, like, these just <laughs> angry, aggressive, like the women Ready as well. I have never been so intimidated <laughs> in my life. Like, these girls who went from, like, passionately belting out God Defend New Zealand to, like, they're going to kill you. And if you have never read the words of the Hucker, it's, it's scary, like, yeah. it's like God defend us as we defend our families mm-hmm. and we, we're going to kill these people. Yeah, like it yeah. is gnarly. Um, but it was amazing. I was like, and everyone clapped afterwards. That was the yeah. only time everyone was like, yeah, New Zealand. I was like, to not clap. this is awesome. <laughs> so I had a fantastic time. And it was awesome remembering our, uh, our fallen servicemen, um, throughout the ages. You're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith FM positively different and right now we have the 300 point clue for the quiz 
What excuse did Adam give for hiding when he heard God's voice? Ooh, mm. wow. It's our 300-point question, and for that you can get a pocket sermon, which That's is right. uh, when we get a pastor and we shrink them down and shove them in your pocket, and then when you want to hear a sermon, you <laughs> That pull is them out. not what that is. <laughs> like, that is like 100%. When it says a pocket sermon, what else is a pocket sermon supposed to be? It's, it's, it's a piece of material, like a, a piece of a literature that you can read and be preached ser- to. Sermon is like an audio, audible thing. No, like, it's not. If it's on a piece the Bible of paper, is then it's an article, the Bible right? Is full or of a report or something. Just, just read them the question again, please. Just, please just, just read them the question you. again. <laughs> but I like the idea of like a little tiny, tiny Lyle that you can stick in your pocket and pull them out and be like, all right, preach at me, Lyle. I couldn't okay. think of anything I want less. But anyways, uh, what was that question again? 300 I'm dubbing on you twice. <laughs> what excuse did Adam give for hiding when he heard God's voice? Mm, okay, 0491-064-669 is the number to call if you know the answer. But right now we have come to our interview section for today and we have on the phone Sue Burke from Asian Aid. Hello, Sue, are you there? I am indeed. Hi, guys, and I don't know how I feel about a shrunken lion for my pocket. <laughs> yes, yeah, she's she's on board. She's on the. She's not on. That doesn't sound like fencing to me. Just think of she, it as like a like dancing monkey thing. You feel, out and press play. Oh, I, I wouldn't go there. I'm not going there. Well, anyways, <laughs> thank you so much Sorry for, for sharing about that. Um, no, no, we, I think that was that was genuinely needed. Um, anyways, we are going to be talking about Asian Aid, and I understand today we're going to be doing a general update on the things that Asian Aid have been doing, as well as yeah. highlighting the career of um, an amazing service person um, within the Asian Aid organization. So, yeah, let's hear about yeah. it. So firstly, I just wanted to say it's just so nice to have business as usual, um, mm. business as usual at Asian Aid mm-hmm. in our countries in Nepal, India and Bangladesh. Yes. So things are all back to normal. The kids are all back to school. Oh, the Lord. We've got some, some of the kids have got a little bit of learning catching up, as you can imagine. It's been a crazy two and a half years for a lot of kids everywhere. So, mm. but we've been really excited just to have have some normality back, to be honest. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so really everything's going as it should, and that's probably the best update I can give you on the kids. Awesome. Um, and, um, but what, one special thing I wanted to talk about today, which is if you know Asian Age, you know we've been around for 64 years, and it's mm. been a really amazing adventure. But we actually have a milestone we're going to be announcing this year. Something oh, wow. that's sort of a bit sad for us, oh. but obviously happy for the person. And Karen Patrick, who's our manager of supporter services and our company secretary, after 35 years of service, has made the decision to retire in September. Oh, wow. Oh, that's fantastic for, for her, years. but I can see. Like, oh, imagine. Yeah. We're, I mean, we're so excited for her yeah. and her next adventure, yeah. but I'm sure like anyone who has had someone in a supporting ministry, 35 years yes. is such a significant yes. amount of service. And so on the 8th of August, she's not going to retire to, the, to later on in the year, mm-hmm. but on the 8th of August, Karen will perform her last official public task as mm-hmm. company secretary at our AGM. Uh-huh. 
And so I hope all of your listeners and anyone that Karen's touched will turn up or tune in because we are we will be online live streaming as we'll be making a special dedication from the board and the team in recognition of this lifetime of service. Mm. So I suppose as faithful members of our supporting ministry, both from past and present, we would really like you and your listeners to help us honour this wonderful Christian woman. Mm. So if you have any photos or stories of how Kieran has shone the light of work that Asian Aid has done, please send them to us either via post or email them to, and if, if I, I will spell this, Inika, I-N-E-K-A dot Martin at AsianAid.org. As we seek to share her journey of this amazing milestone with you all. Yeah, and uh, of course, you can give us a call at 0491-064-669 if you have any of that information as well. Yeah, that would be amazing, guys, because I think, I don't think in my lifetime I will ever be able to have the opportunity of honoring someone of such a longevity of service. it just doesn't happen nowadays. People just don't dedicate their life to one organization um, and obviously to a supporting ministry like this. So we really want to make sure we honor her in the correct way and in the respectful way that she deserves. So if anyone can help us on that adventure, we'd really appreciate it. Mm. Well, I'd, I'd like to just ask now, this person, they've been working there for 34 years. That They have definitely become like someone at a company for 34 years in any capacity becomes a, a part of it. They're like the, they're like a, they're like a body part or a, they're a p- real piece or a brick, a cornerstone yes. in the company. And, and so what does her service look like? Well, Karen was our first official employee at Asian Aid. So she was kind of like, I suppose, for us, um, she was probably marked the transition from Adventist Families for Just Giving to the very soul of the charity Asian Aid is today. So she really marked the transition from just us donating clothes and whatever we could when we could to actually setting up the business of Asian Aid and really concentrating on what a supporting ministry meant and really a lifetime of service. You know, we say that we've helped 60,000 children. So how many, Mm. how many people have, has Kieran impacted? It would have to be 40,000. Yeah, that's incredible. It's incredible just looking at a, a lifetime of, of service and, and dedication mm. to, to sacrifice like that. It's, it's, it's really inspiring. I hope that her story inspires some, somebody else to, other people to take on board um, a life of mission mm. and to store up their treasures in heaven. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, we all try to serve our Christian faith and the church and all of those things, but the very job, which, you know, it, you guys have got the job of service as well, but 35 years, it just blows your mind, really. Mm. It's a long time, isn't it? Yeah, for someone to just put themselves in a position where they are just, yeah, sacrificing and, and putting their their talents and, and abilities to work. Um, and people of such great capacity, with such great capacity to do many other things, are wholly and solely devoted to doing 
uh, ministry and, and often in ministries like that because people can say, oh, well, if they get paid for it, it's just another job. And if they want to do it, then they're looked after. But I, I can just I can speak from from the ministry perspective and just and I, I'm not I'm not necessarily just saying this about myself. Um, but yeah, ultimately, when you do God's work, like the money that you receive in 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 most positions is it represents just being supported for being committed to doing the job. You know, we're not, we're not capitalists in that sense of just making, uh, yeah, you, making don't, you don't bucks. do it. You, you don't do a job to serve, to make money. That's Let's right. Put it that way. Because you can't. There's, there's too much pressure. There's too much stress. There's too much yeah, sacrifice to even care about how much money you're receiving. You know, you pay your rent and you get by, but it's not, place to make money at and so it truly is a I mean it's but it is because you the reason you do it is different you're not yeah. motivated economically yeah, you're motivated right. to serve uh-huh. but you still have to eat so yeah. obviously you get a stipend yeah correct correct um, but, but yeah, yeah so we just wanted to really highlight that and just also you know for other people that serve in our community you know we want to recognize them in the right way and to honour this lifetime of service. You know, when Kieran started with us, she had a small family and now she has 13 grandchildren. Wow. <laughs> that is, that is you know? amazing. So, you know, she's ready for the next step. We're, we're not quite ready yet. But I'm <laughs> sure she is. Is that when you're hiring no. soon? <laughs> Well, you can't replace someone with 35 years. Yeah. So we've had to relook at the business, mm-hmm. to be honest, and look at, and we have made some staff changes and we'll be making announcements moving forward about what pieces are moving forward mm-hmm. in terms of that piece. But um, it's it's more for us. You can't unpack someone's job that they have grown with for 35 years. Um, it's not like a simple one-size-fits-all mm. <laughs> you know, because keep, as you, as obviously about, the job's clear. I keep thinking about, um, you know, one day when Jesus comes back and thinking about, you know, this woman in, in heaven and all these kids that she'll meet who, like, she helped impact their lives um, in such a positive way. And, you know, you know how they say, you know, when you help someone get to heaven, you get, like, the stars on your crown? I just I would like yeah. to see a scene where this lady gets it's to heavy. sixty thousand kids. Yeah, wow. <laughs> imagine that's that a heavy. Cr- <laughs> yeah, but I also we would really love to hear from the sponsors and donors who maybe went on a mission trip with Karen when she was younger, or just she spoke at their church and they, you know, she got she inspired them to also sponsor because it is a lifetime of legacy. Mm. that she's created for Asian Aid as well. So we'd like to hear any stories of anyone who, any of your listeners who have actually been impacted or touched by her ministry of service because I think that's something that we'd love her to be able to hear mm. back so she recognises. Because you, you talk to Kieran and she is just like the ultimate Christian. Oh, you know, it's all good. Mm. (laughs) you know Mm. but she has you know spoken at hundreds of churches and she's been to hundreds of big camps and she's been overseas and she's been representing us you know for 
all of those years. So we would love to hear back. So if anyone has anything they would like to um, share with us as um, and our Asian Aid family, we'd really appreciate it. Um, if she has impacted you and you'd like to make a donation to Asian Aid, you're more than welcome to do so. And if you'd like to do that, you can go to asianaid.org.au. Um, but we're more interested this this month in hearing stories. So that would be inika.martin at asianaid.org.au. Awesome. Sue Burke, thank you so much for your time uh, here on the show. And no thank you for sharing uh, about this woman. And I just uh, pray that you would, guys would be blessed in your ministry, serving Asia and helping these children. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.